Well, we're on our uh, Obey and Follow the Plan sermon series. We're on the ninth installment. And um, before a moment, I want to talk about something uh, regarding even the title. You can be uh, on your way. You can be obeying and following the plan of God for your life. But sometimes when you're obeying and you're following the plan, you can be so uh, focused on the details of that plan and you're trying in your own strength. You're trying to make sure you follow the plan and you can get so distracted, believe it or not, on the details of the plan. Heard someone say that a common saying that says that, you know, you, you can't see the forest for the trees because you're so, so detailed and 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 you know sometimes we can lose the big picture in following the plan well the answer is remember and that's the name of this ninth installment remember obey and follow the plan that god has for you but to do that sometimes you have to remember well if you have your bibles first turn to first timothy chapter one. First timothy chapter one we'll begin reading at verse 18 and it reads this command i commit to you my son timothy According to the prophecies that were previously given to you, that by them you may fight a good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Let me go back. It says, This command I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies that were previously given to you that by them you may fight a good fight what is paul telling timothy to do remember the prophecies remember the prophecy god gave me a prophecy for you remember the prophecy god gave you through me if you remember the prophecy or i say your destiny things told that, that the lord want to do for you remember those things it will help you it will aid you in fighting the good fight of faith. Once again, this evening, we're talking about remembering. Paul was admonishing Tim to remember. Now, I'm um, reminded of another passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll begin reading at verse 5. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And it reads, remembering the genuine faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois. And then your mother Eunice and that I am persuaded lives in you also. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Remember your genuine faith that comes from your grandmother and your mother and it is in you. Let's continue reading. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control. Some versions say a sound mind. Remember to stir up the gift that is in you. You know, sometimes, once again, as we're obeying and we're following God's plan, we're, we're on the assignment that God has given us. We're doing things according to the details that God has given us. But sometimes with the distractions of life and perhaps the 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 uh, obstacles in trying to follow the plan, we can become discouraged. And sometimes we can receive so many no's that we think, OK, God, I, d d am I on the right plan? Because it looked like nothing is working out. 
but be of good courage. It's going to work out if you do not lose heart. God knows exactly what he's going to do for you. And he knows there's a good, listen, when you're following God's plan, you know, you may have some temporary discomfort, but understand it's working out for your good. If you follow the plan, you will be in a wealthy place. Amen. Well, once again, he's saying, remember, stir up the gift that is in you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Or in this case, this version, self-control. Well, let's look back. Let's go back to 1 Timothy. Let's get back to our scripture reading. Again, he commands him to remember the prophecies, the destiny, things that God has revealed to you. You know, once again, while we're on our faith journey, it is important, it is imperative that we remember the dreams, the visions, the things that God has given us. Once again, sometimes because of the obstacles and the things we're fighting, we're trying to fight to get a fight of faith. We can be so focused on the specific battle itself that we once again lose focus on the good, on the big picture, rather. So once again, he wants us to fight the good fight of faith. Let the prophecies, the things that God has spoken to us, the ultimate destiny be fuel for us to continue to fight that fight. Then it says, this command I commit to you. I'm sorry, I'm reading the first. Let's go back to this, this, this verse 19. It says, keeping faith can continue in the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regards to their faith. Keep the faith, but keep a good conscience. In other words, while you're fighting a good fight of faith, do not do anything that's going to violate your conscience. Do not do anything that's going to violate your conscience. Because you know what? If you do anything that's going to violate your conscience, guess what? You're violating the law of love. Someone is losing out. The Holy Spirit oftentimes will speak to us through our conscience. It's something we may not know why we're not feeling, uh, we're, we're feeling uneasy about it. Logically, in our minds, it may, look like it, it may look like it makes sense. However, it's hurting someone. And God does not want us to go that route. Sometimes it's hurting no one but ourselves. And let me say, it will always hurt us if we continue to ignore our conscience while we're on that faith journey. I'm reminded of uh, this man gave his testimony. He said that God gave him this plan and it was a, he said it was a God given plan. I know God gave me He began to give me details. He said, I'm sorry, give him details on that plan. He began to work the plan. But there are some situations that that he just, you know, God wanted him to do it this way. But he decided to do it his way. Long story short, the end result, God didn't bless his plan because it was too much of himself in the plan. Remember the word of God says, Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness or his way of doing things. Then all these things, all these blessings, all these promises will be added unto us. What's it saying? First, seek the kingdom. Seek the plan. Follow the plan. Then all and his righteousness or his way of doing it. If you seek the plan. Follow the plan, I should say, 
and do things his way, then the word of God says all these things will be added. But once again, if you do things to violate your conscience, your brother is going to hurt. If your brother hurts, guess what? <coughs> Excuse me. You will nullify the plan that God has for you. And a lot of times the Lord will be saying, don't do that. Don't go that route. Don't do this. Don't associate with that person. Mm, don't take that shortcut and mm, leave that financial thing alone. He will speak to your mind. He'll speak to your heart. Your conscience be ringing. Or sometimes it's the conscience, you know, is something you just irritated about it. You know, you can't do it. It's a warning. And other, in order to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold to the promises of God, it is imperative that we do not violate our conscience. It's imperative, once again, that we do not violate our conscience. If we violate our conscience, we're violating, uh, we're going against the royal law of love. Remember, the word of God says faith operates by love if you're not operating in love guess what you're not operating by faith you cannot uh, uh fight the good fight of faith that means you'll be doing everything in your own strength and you know what if you're doing things in your own strength the enemy has access to it and like the the guy was giving you the example he made a point god gave him the plan but god didn't bless the plan because he put too much of himself in it he ignored his conscience god was trying to tell him to do something but he ignored it because he ignored it, God did not bless his plan because it was too much flesh involved. So once again, what am I saying? Fight the good fight of faith, but follow your conscience. Do not violate your conscience because if you violate your conscience, you're violating the law of love and someone is going to hurt. Someone is going to miss out. Okay. Now let's get to the next part. This is vividly illustrated in the life of David particularly 1st Samuel chapter 25 and 1st Samuel chapter 25 is really the entire chapter but for the sake of time I'm going to paraphrase what happened well in the beginning of 1st Samuel chapter 25 it begins with the death and burial of Samuel but a few verses later it began to talk about the 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 story of Nabal David and Abigail well the word of God talks about Nabal he was very very rich he had a thousand uh, goats and three thousand uh, sheep and he would shear sheep and so uh, he had all of this and and God really blessed him to prosper well during that time David and his men remember David had 600 men they were patrolling the area they were making sure that no foreigners would come and steal the sheep or anything like that you know one thing I like about David they were warriors, but David taught his soldiers how to behave themselves. He taught, he, he taught his soldiers how to be godly and from the perspective of we're not acting like brutes. But what do you mean? Oftentimes, soldiers, especially back in that time, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Even in present day time, let someone fight a war. A lot of times those soldiers, when they get in, they will tear the place up. They will steal. They will take for themselves. You know, a lot of times they act like brutes. Well, David taught his men not to act like Bruce, but to act honorably. Well, once again, the word of God talks about once again, David's men, they patrolled the area. And when it came time for shearing, when when Nabal was shearing his sheep, you know, he was getting a profit. It was festival time. It was time when he was getting his profit. At that time, David sent 
10 delegates to Nabal and asked him, he said, hey, if, if you find favor with us, you know, we've done well for you. We protected your lands and, and none of my soldiers uh, 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 stole anything from you, but they made sure that no one else stole from you. If it's possible, if you find favor, could you please give us something? <laughs> Nabal said, and who are you? I'm paraphrasing. Who are you supposed to be? David, son of Jesse. And are you supposed to be something? I'm supposed to listen to you. I mean, you've detached from Saul's army and you think you're all of that. I don't care about you. I'm not giving you anything. Well, those 10 delegates went and told David exactly what Nabal said. David said, OK, boys, strap up. In other words, get your swords. He said that he's going to kill every male in Nabal's household before uh, morning light. Well, one of the servants overheard the conversation between David's delegates and Nabal. And so that servant went to Abigail, Nabal's wife. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Abigail. The word of God says she was very beautiful and very, very intelligent. And so word got to her and she and she knew. Sorry about that. The word got back to her. And so she knew they were in trouble. So. She told her servants she got a, a thing full of food with sheep and, 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 and figs and grapes and, and loaded up all those donkeys and went out to meet David because David was, he, she knew that David was going to ready to take care of business because Nabal really disrespected David. You know, it's kind of like modern day time now. If you notice, a lot of eating establish establishments, they uh, give free food to the officers. Now, why is that? Because they know that the presence of that officer will shut down anyone's plan to rob them. Think about it. So it is in the restaurant's best interest to always invite uh, officers to eat lunch, breakfast, or dinner. So so it is with David once again. Now, she get once again she 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 heads David. She meets David before David can do the destruction. And so the word of God says when Abigail met David, she got off her donkey and bowed her face to David. And she said, David, look here, don't charge this to my husband. This is on me. I didn't know that you sent delegates until after uh, they told Nabal what they did. And, and I heard about Nabal's response. He said, let me tell you something about Nabal. My husband is a fool. In fact, his name means he's a fool. Now, this is our conversation with David. Pay no attention to him. He's a fool. Charge his account on me. This is the fool. Listen. And then she began to tell David, look here. May you live for, may you live a long time and may your enemies be just like my husband Nabal. A fool. Now, those are strong words coming from his wife. And so she began to talk to David. She began to actually prophesy David. We know she said that, David, we know that you're going to be king of Israel. We know you're going to do great things, and God has put his name on you, and you're going to do great things and and I pray that all the things that you do, it prospers. And once again, your enemy is going to be like my husband, Nabal. They're going to make them. May they be fools. And then she says, now, once you're crowned, remember me. Hmm. Then she said, now, David, if you destroy the people. You won't be innocent, said David. You'll be spilling innocent blood and then you'll be found avenging yourself. How are you going to be a king with this on your mind? 
This will affect your conscience. It will trouble your heart, the thing that you did. It will have an effect on you because you spilled innocent blood and you avenge yourself. This is not good for your conscience. So after she uh, finished speaking with David, David said, you know, I'm so glad that you spoke to me because I was about to kill Nabal and every male servant, every male in his household before morning light. And you are right. And he said, look, blessed are thou and you are blessed woman and go in peace. I will not do this. Now, let's look at some things. She prophesies to David just like and I believe God was using her. Just like Paul prophesied to Timothy. She prophesied to David, listen, David, you're going to do great things. We know you're going to be king, the king of Israel. And we know that your 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 kingdom is going to be vast and people are going to bless you. You're going to do great things. And in the interesting thing about about her, she must have known that her husband's going to have some type of destruction because she's like she made a point. He's a fool. And may your enemies be like my husband, Nabal, whose name means a fool. She prophesies him. But then she says, but you, David, you got to have do this in a good conscience. If you spill innocent blood or if you take uh, if you avenge yourself, it won't be good to you. It won't be good for you, I should say. It will not be good for you, David. So in other words, she was saying, David, continue to do what you're doing. Fight the good fight, the good fight of faith, but make sure you have a good conscience in all that you do. Well, the end of that story is uh, when David blessed her and sent her back on her way. The word of God says she when she got back home, she saw Nabal was drunk and he had like a a, a thing for the king and a spread for the king for a king. And so the word of God says the next morning. Uh, when he sobered up, she said, you know, they was going to get ready to kill you and every male here. The word of God says he became his heart failed him. and He became like a stone for 10 days and then he died. Well, the word of God says then that a word got to David and David sent some delicates after Abigail and asked him, asked her to marry him. Well, you know what? You know, David or Abigail already kind of prophesied it because she said, look, when you become king now, she didn't think it was going to be this soon. Remember me. She knew her son, her, I'm sorry, her husband was going down the wrong path and he wouldn't be around there long because she made a point. He's a fool. So it's amazing how how this story, it wraps up the message that Paul gave to Timothy. And once again, Timothy was a young pastor. And and so Paul, uh, Paul was a spiritual father. So he simply asked Paul certain questions and Paul, thank God, answered them back in the epistle or in the letters, giving him sound advice. So what's the point of all of this? Remember the prophecies. Remember the gifts that have been given to you. Remember. Now, remember it now. Now, uh, Paul told uh, uh, Timothy to remember stir up the gifts that was given you through the laying on of my hands in other words you know what the same spirit or the anointing that was on paul's life is on timothy's life and we once again we have to remember the anointing the assignment god has given us the dreams the aspiration that god has given us it will encourage us it will encourage us to go on it will encourage us to fight the good fight of faith once again ladies and gentlemen remember 
remember the things that God has done for you. Remember the plans that he has. Remember the big picture and fight the good fight of faith and do everything with a good conscience. Amen. You've got a hand clap of praise.